play the fucking intro. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 223. You know what's special about it? Comes up to 222. That's what we did last week. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> All right. So a lot of great stuff, as per usual. Getting ready to line up a few interviews, including one. Uh, well, let's talk about that here in a minute when we talk about some new music. But... Uh, some other great bands here in the U.S., one in New York, one in California, opposite ends. Hopefully we get those lined up. We're reading some books. Uh, we'll talk about the books here maybe in the middle of the episode or one of them. Did you get a chance to read the one? No, not yet. I okay. only downloaded it today. So Okay, well, we'll talk <laughs> probably I'll briefly about it to let you know what we're reading. So you can go check it out too if you want. And then we'll probably talk about it a little bit over the next couple episodes as well. But we'll get to that kind of in the middle of the episode, kind of where we do interviews. No interview on this episode, but a lot of great music, because that's what we do. We like to play a lot of great music. Next few episodes, we'll get some interviews. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are going to talk about the new stuff that has come out and will be coming out, starting on July 24th. Racist Kramer, here out of Salt Lake, in Redemption, one of those bands that'll probably be here on the show in the next couple weeks. On July 24th, Year of the Knife with Dead at 29 single played that last week. On the 29th, 13th Legion, they released their new EP, 13th Legion. Great band out of Hawaii. You don't get hear about too many great punk bands out of Hawaii. 13th <laughs> Legion is one of them. Tomb Stoner put out Victims of Vile Torture on the 30th. Anionesis? Anionesis. Ionus. Ionus. There you go. I, I think the last time I said it, I said some shit that wasn't exactly right. And Ionus. There you go. That looks right to me. By the way, that new Tombstoner, I was listening on my way here. Oh, that thing slams awesome. so hard. I was going to ask you about that. So good to hear. Uh, section Hate, that section with an H and an 8. They released Welcome to the Nightmare. Good one. Looking forward to playing something from there. Either here at Punkanoi Worldwide before too long. It's probably going to be on Punkanoi Worldwide. On the 30th, Abuse Ritual released Abuse Ritual on Demons Run Amok. Also on the 30th, Punk Rock Factory. They released Masters of the Universe. We played the Flintstones track last week. And we're going to be playing another one this week. And at least for the next couple. They're short. They're fun. It's fun for us to talk about. Great project that... Punk Rock Factory did, so check out Masters of the Universe that came out on July 30th. Also on the 30th, Chunk, no Captain Chunk, they put out Gone Are the Good Days. Lost Planet Airmen put out Comforting Lies, Unpleasant Truths, it's an EP on the 30th. Also on the 30th, Time and Pressure put out Halfway Down. The Von Tramps put out a single, which is a cover of Jimmy Eat World. The track is Your House. True Intentions. Put out Point of Origin on the 31st. Johnny Rio's new band. Uh, I've got it. I want to hear it. I haven't had a chance. Been listening to a lot of music. It is just waiting, and I can't wait to hear something from it. Hoping it's going to be great. Uh, also on the 1st, that Bone Crusher came out. 
The Game. Man, that is such a good album. I've been listening to that a bunch. I did listen to Rancid a couple times on Spotify, uh, a couple various albums from them. But Bone Crushers, The Game is one that I just keep going back to. I like that album a lot. I still got to listen to the whole thing. Right? It's on Spotify now. So anybody that wants to check it out on Spotify, and I think we talked about last week, like the CD comes out middle of the month and like the LPs sometime in the fall. So be on the lookout for those when they get here. But the CD's only a couple weeks away, I believe. But you can go get the digital or go check it out on Spotify ahead of time if you'd like. All right. Damn It Records, they put out Damn It Blast and Other Expletives, Volume 1. Uh, that came out on the 1st. Going to be playing a bunch of that over on Punk and Oil Worldwide. Fear Gods, great band. Just played them. And it's Fear Gods, period. Uh, they On the 1st, they released a split with the band uh, OC Rippers. Two tracks. It's a split 7-inch. Uh, go check that out. The Runts, we just played them because they just came through Salt Lake. They put out a new single called Red In My Eyes. Eric was at that show. Yeah. Eric might have heard that song. I might have, except at that point, I was not familiar with their tracks, so right? I couldn't even tell you. Just came out on the first. But I will tell you, it was good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved every single thing I heard at that show, so <laughs> by all rights, that should make it a good single. Right. We'll get out to Bandcamp, check it out. Also, uh, in August, Bukuk bu- bu- Tasso. Which translates to Twisted Tasso, maybe? It's Turkish. Uh, they released Infilak Edeskizim, which translates to I Will Explode. That's an EP that came out on the 3rd. Uh, Bajo Castoria put out a new single called Equilibrio. Uh, on the 4th, Skulls, Angels, and Sluts, they put out on the 4th a new single it's in Russian. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it translates to draft. It's a single. Go check it out. On the 6th coming up, Grand Collapse is going to be releasing Empty Plinths. Heard a couple tracks already there. Good stuff. Rockstar Race Car. We played them on the last episode. A couple tracks. They have another new one coming out that will be on their upcoming album. It's called Created a Monster. On the 6th, Two Minute Minor is releasing 8-bit remixes. So they're 8-bit remixes of some of their tracks. If you like some of those things we've played in the past that came out on Horn and Hoof Records and a few other places have done it, but it's a really cool concept and Two Minute Minor is taking it to the next level with like floppy disks and all kinds of stuff like that. I think most of that stuff sold out, but if you go over to Two Minute Minor's, maybe the Big Cartel page, you can probably find a link to it on the Bandcamp page. You can see if they've got any of it left. On the 13th, Chrome is putting out Scaropi. Cool band out of San Francisco. Well, Bay Area anyway. I don't know if they're specifically from San Francisco. I forget. <laughs> On the 13th, Joey Cape is releasing A Good Year to Forget. Chain Cult is releasing We're Not Alone EP. Victory Kid will be releasing Discernation. Typhoid Rosie is going to be releasing Queen of Swords. Fire Cell will be releasing Mercy Brown, which is a single, all on the 13th. That list was long. Eric, that's all I've got. Do you have anything to add or anything uh, on there you're looking forward to? Uh, Very, very little. Uh, Like I said, the uh, Tombstoner album, from what I've heard of it, I heard maybe three quarters of it today so far. And yes, very good. Very good. Very good uh, metal coming out of there. And... Also, um, 
gonna re I'm gonna dig up some old graves here. The Bronx <laughs> had another uh, single that was released uh, a couple weeks ago, and I kept very tight-lipped about it because I've been <laughs> I've just been pushing this record. But I mean, why not? It's a bit. It's a single called Mexican Summer, and we only have a few more weeks until this album comes out in its entirety. And I basically listened to near half of the record as it is with all these singles that have been coming out. True. So yep. Again, August 27th. Keep an eye out for that album. And also, uh, where was the... Uh, yeah, Emil and the Sniffers, they released a couple of singles for an upcoming album called Comfort to Me. And they have, uh, they've also released uh, some videos for it. One, Guided by Angels, and Security. I don't know the exact dates on which September these were 10th. released. Oh, I don't know when the singles are released, but that album's coming out on September 10th. Yeah, the whole album will be... Uh, yeah, be coming up next month. But but yeah, I will be playing uh, some of that as well in due time. Awesome. And yeah, I finally got around to listening to that Idol single. Excellent. Speaking yeah. of uh, that Idol single, let's get into some new music, right? Yeah. Here's the new music. It is the song called Model Village. And yeah, it's Idols doing what they do. What they do is awesome. Bringing this uh, slightly industrial-edged uh, type of uh, punk rock from Bristol in the UK. And this one features uh, a British rapper known as Slow Tie. And I haven't even heard that version yet because they released uh, the regular version. They have two versions of it. And then the version that features Slow Tie on the Bandcamp page. Well, that apparently is the one that I listened to. Let me just uh, double-check my sources right here yeah the one that i was uh yeah the one i was listening to on apple music is the model village featuring slow tie perfect yep so that's the one that i heard and that's the one that we are going to listen to yep cue so, it up. <laughs> so yeah let's cue it up this is idols with slow tie and this is the song model village Village. Neighborhood watch in the village. Model dog, model watch in the village. 
a bit of a groover that one yeah <laughs> yeah and it just keeps coming back to that uh bass uh that little bass phrase in the village in the village <laughs> yes yeah and then yeah and yeah that little uh melodic chorus with all the little drawn out words yeah it kind of gives a bit of a contrast to everything that's going on and yeah you can hear slow tie in the background just uh kind of doing the the response to the call from the middle singer <laughs> just, okay yeah He's just kind of uh, the aggravated guy in the background. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> awesome. Well, there's two different versions. Feel free to check them out. You can get them both. Two bucks over on Bandcamp on their Bandcamp page. That's where I got it. Yep. It's the uh, digital equivalent of a uh, of an A-side and a B-side. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's play a couple more new tracks. The next one is a band from Kiev in Ukraine. Great band, Shamrocks. Played them over on... Punkanoi Worldwide, when I did a, an episode full of bands from Ukraine, uh, they had some great stuff, and they just released a new single, came out on July 23rd, and it's called Punk Nation. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the band, because I played them over there, not here yet, glad to be playing them over here now. Uh, they started this band in 2009, and I want to thank Anatoly for sending me the new track to check out, play it here. They have a new video. I watched the video, too. It looks like them in studio. The video's done well. I like it. Uh, so go check out the video for Punk Nation, and let's check out the track Punk Nation. Here is band from Kiev. It's Sham Rocks. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yes. Great there. I brought Shamrocks. They rock. Yeah. <laughs> the Shamrocks from Ukraine of all places. Right? <laughs> and so the first, I don't know what, like five or ten seconds, you hear what sounds like what's going to be some traditional folk punk, right? The mm-hmm. beginnings of that. And man, he lays into the vocals, and you're like, oh, shit, this is not what you usually get out of yeah. traditional folk punk. <laughs> really is. Man, yeah, it's got that... Uh, yeah, it's got that mandolin existing in the background. Right. I wonder where all the I wonder where that influence is coming from. If that is like a if that's a locally unique to them or if it is coming from like a Celtic influence, which a name like the Shamrocks would <laughs> would suggest that. <laughs> right. Uh great name. Uh, I think it's a great name for a band that does that style of music. You should definitely check out. I, I played something off of their most recent release, which is a live release, but that's what I played when I did that Ukraine episode. But they do have some other great stuff. Like I said, they've been around since 2009. That single is awesome. It's called Punk Nation. And while you're out and about, go increase that view count of that video. Uh, I think they did a great job. Sometimes simple uh, you know, they're in the studio, but the different camera angles that go from person to person, I think they did a great job. So get out there and check out Sham Rocks, Punk Nation, and then all their other shit. Do it. <laughs> all right, let's play another new one before we get on to some things that aren't so new. Uh, Taken by Vultures is the band. They are from Boston and cool band here reached out. Uh, they were founded as a band in 2019, so just before the pandemic, and this particular EP, which is called The Geriatric Throne, uh, it was recorded during the pandemic, so I want to thank Steve, who does drums for him, for reaching out, putting this on the radar, uh, getting us to be able to check it out, uh, but four great tracks on there, and I just had to play, why not play a track that's called uh, Grandpa Joe is a dirty freeloader. <laughs> it's already got a Vandals vibe with it. <laughs> right? Grandpa Joe is a dirty freeloader. Uh, they released that EP July 8th, so just less than a month ago. Get out there, check it out. You'll hear it. You can decide for yourself what you think, and we'll talk about it here more in a moment. It's over on Bandcamp. Here we go. It's Taken by Vultures from Boston. <laughs>
quite the ending there, huh? Yeah, quite a bit of feedback. <laughs> right. All right, that's taken by Vultures. Grandpa Joe is a dirty freeloader. Quite the, the name for the track there. Yeah. And outside of the uh, name of the track, they did have a bit of a Vandals vibe, but only a bit. The rest sounded like very old school Blink-182. Right. Uh, I was thinking, you know what? There's pop punk. The, I haven't really thought about it too much, but listening to these guys, there's pop punk bands that are trying to do pop music. But yeah. they're, they're whatever edge or they want to look punk or whatever. And so somehow they fall under that genre. And then there's pop punk bands who might have a little bit of a poppy sound, but you know they're definitely doing punk. And that's what made me think. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought of while this track was going is they are still doing, you know, some punk rock and roll sound, even though they might have maybe a little more poppy side to it, which... It's kind of synonymous with that skate punk sound, too. And I'm not trying to say they're one way or the other. You can classify them however you'd like. But that's what I was thinking when I was listening to the track. Yeah, I would say they're definitely more on the uh, pop punk side as opposed to the skate punk. because, And that's why I said only a little bit of the Vandals. Vandals I categorize more as skate punk because it's got the same melody, but it's got the hyphiness. It's got the speed. It's the speed metal of punk rock. Right. You know? (laughs) So... So yeah, this one was a lot more uh, mid-tempo. I had a bit more of that uh, uh, laxed-out vocals where it's uh, you know it's got a hint of auto-tune in there and it's got the reverb, it's a little echoey. Yeah, that falls more onto what a pop-punk one would be. You think of Blink-182's All the Small Things. Yeah, that same style of vocals can be heard in this song. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, I like Taken by Vultures. Go check them out. You can go see them on the Bandcamp page uh, along with many other spots. We'll talk about social medias at the end of the show as we do. Again, they came out July 8th and the Geriatric Throne is the name of the EP. Thanks again to Steve. Eric, let's play some older, lesser known tracks. Let's keep the show going. Which you pick? Yeah. Well, I picked a band that is most definitely known. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a song that is... Put by the wayside, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but what I really want to draw attention to is this is probably the first and only time you will hear me pick a song from a relatively well-known ska band. (laughs) (laughs) True. They are, when it comes to ska, they are a bit less ska than most ska bands, though, to be fair. Oh, most definitely. The The band which we are talking about is... Sublime. <laughs> yeah, Sublime. You know them. I know them. Everybody and their dog. And, yeah, pun intended, those Sublime. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And by no Sublime, they only know the two songs, maybe. The one that's about what I got and the other that's about not practicing uh, sangria or some shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not anywhere near my favorites from the band. I just never really got into those particular tracks. Oh, yeah. The one you picked, definitely in my top five. Oh, yeah. The one that I picked, it's uh, it's from the the self-titled posthumous release towards uh, Bradley Noel, the vocalist and guitarist, if you don't know the name. Which I'm sure some of you don't, <laughs> but he, uh, but yeah, he passed away sometime in uh, I believe it was '96, somewhere somewhere around there. It was definitely in the mid '90s. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, this album was released shortly after he uh, recorded his vocals, laid down the tracks, and and this album, yeah, it had a lot of gr- it had a lot of songs on here. 
most of them became undercuts right? because <laughs> they were just drowned out by Santeria and what I got. Those were the two runaway singles, but really they got a lot of good stuff. There's the, there's the uh, hybrid uh, skate punk and ska song seed. Then the total punk rock of paddle out. Then they got some dubs in there like a uh, pawn shop and uh, jailhouse. Definitely leaning more on the reggae side. And that was the thing. It was a, uh, Hard to tell what was a ska song and what was a reggae song. It was definitely one or the other. They had some really fun tongue-in-cheek ones like Burritos. <laughs> I think right. Burritos is such a funny one. Caress Me Down, that's definitely in my top five. Oh, yeah. Mucho gusto. Me llamo Bradley. Hornier <laughs> than Ron Jeremy. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, of course, the anthemic summertime and the living's easy. Ron is on the microphone with Ross Sanji. Yeah, some of their shit has a bit more of a uh, hip-hop feel to it as well. And people, yeah, they just, uh, uh, what is it? They just disregard Sublime as like a total go-to band. It's just white boy stoner reggae wannabe music. Again, yeah, kind of is. <laughs> that's what it is now. Yeah, that's, that is that's what, what it you're is. gonna see. Uh, Sublime with Rome is at the Pothead festivals. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, goddamn, Sublime with Rome is such a terrible, terrible. Oh god. I'm happy that the band can continue on playing because it sucks when your band member died, but when he's unfortunately you know at, at his his prime yeah in his prime plus you know just uh, being addicted to heroin what i want to get to is that's kind of you, you do to yourself mm-hmm. not you know what i mean and it sucks so nonetheless uh it's cool that they get to get on playing the music but it'd be yeah. cool if he was there and just so you know may 25th 1996 is when he that's passed right. away and the album came out July 30th of 96, so about two months after he passed away. All right, there we go. So, so yeah, but what I was getting at is uh, even though people uh, discount them for being uh, what they assume to be just based off of their, uh, you know, the multitude of fans. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, a lot of them are those, uh, you know, white stoner uh, kids living, you know, with a bong in their hand and dreads on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, you know they were definitely they were definitely advocates for stoners. I mean, in their in their forty ounce to freedom, they have the smoke two joints in the morning, <laughs> which right. is a, also a funny song. Off that album, Bad yeah. Fish, that one's my favorite. Oh yeah, Bad Fish is a good one. And Saw Red after their second album, those those are probably most of my top five I've mentioned. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they cover Bad Religion in that album too. Nice. Yeah, they play We're Only Gonna Die. Oh, and elsewhere on one of their uh, B sides, they cover Minor Threat. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah. They do pay homage to uh, uh, to the punk legends and as well as the ska legends. So right. So yeah, you can't really uh, fault them for that. But but yeah, their lyrical enterprise goes all over the place on on the self titled record. You know, like I said, they got really humorous, uh, tongue in cheek songs. Then they got songs about like uh, songs that you could totally tell they wrote when they were high. <laughs> <laughs> but then there is this one. This is my all time favorite Sublime song. And it's kind of got a few different titles because they got the dates mixed up. This is April yes. 22nd, 1992. But in the lyrics, it's called April 26th, 1992. When the event of which the song is about it was, took place April 29th, 1992. <laughs> right. So, yeah, maybe they were just so stoned they couldn't figure out which date it actually was. 
What I read <laughs> is that they, they, in the song, you'll hear April 26, and it's because that particular take, that's what was said, and they liked that take so much that they just kept it, even though they realized afterwards that it was the wrong one. So before they put, put it out, they knew they had the wrong one, but they just went with it because it was the best take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which... Uh... Which is a good, it's a good little opener, that first line. And, oh man, the, yeah, the song itself is very laid back, kind of ska, sort of leaning into the reggae thing. But the lyrics, no, they are anything but. They actually get into some uh, pretty grimy shit here. Yeah. So, so yeah, we will, uh, we will listen to it and pay attention to those lyrics because, man, it is telling a story. It is catchy as hell, and I just became obsessed with it. So here we are, April 20-whatever, 1992 in Miami. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can, but can you get an order for Ons? That's O-N-S Junior Market. The address is 1934 East Anaheim. All the windows are busted out, and it's like a free-for-all here, and the owner should be able to come down here and see if you can secure his business.
Cruz looter. Ten four. Ten four. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, you hear all the little uh, things coming in there. They even got some. Uh, they even got some little uh, hip hop references in there. Yes. Never doing no time. <laughs> but yeah, you see what I mean about the lyrics. It's just uh, yeah, there's a riot going on in uh, in Miami, and despite the fact that the news <laughs> newscasts that they're referencing here are like uh, you, they mention Anaheim, right? <laughs> yeah, and then they ref and then they mention the. Uh, the L.A. riots, the Rodney King ones. Yeah, I think yeah. that's specifically what the song was supposed to be about, even though it has Miami in the title of the track there, which was puzzling to me. But I think yeah. the date that they referenced was the L.A. riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, at the end, then they talk about riots that have happened, you know, notable riots anyway, that have happened in numerous other cities because they started naming all the cities. Yeah. So that was, uh, so yeah, a lot of uh, cross-threading uh, on that song. Even the dates and the cities. (laughs) So I guess it's kind of their way of uh, making it all inclusive. It's like, uh, yeah, we had our own riots and we're comparing it to the L.A. riots or or whatever like that. But the main focus on the song is just uh, hearing hearing how it's like people are rioting not exactly for a cause. Some of them are actually doing it to uh, take advantage that they don't have to pay for diapers. (laughs) That line that he says, the kids going in the store with their mothers and coming out with pampers. All right, yeah. yeah, but then there's a uh, but then there's stuff in there like he's uh giving some humor to the situation. It's like uh, d- yeah, dawned on me I needed new home furnishings. We right. filled the van until it was full, and since that day, my living room's been much more comfortable. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's a uh, where do you think you you got this uh, PA you're hearing today? Yeah, the guitar. <laughs> what do you think I got this guitar that you're hearing today? Right there, you go. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. It's a it's a very neat package of everything I, uh, everything that I do like about Sublime. The uh, the um, the inclusion of all their influences, you know, ska, punk, and hip hop, and whatnot, and just the the humor that's coming in, and the message that is conveyed through it as well, and the fact that it's telling a story. You know, it's very easy to follow that right. way, and it's uh, and yeah, it's catchy and it's funny. I enjoy songs that you can tell are telling a story too. It's not just some words that you're following along to. It's uh, you know it, it tells a story, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty great. I enjoy it a lot. So yeah, get don't get used to this. I probably won't play another Sublime song. <laughs> if I do, it'll only be one of those. I think I named four of them. The the four that I like the best. This one being the fifth for my top five. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I were to, I already told you the ones I would play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your number one then? Uh, Bad Fish or Caress Me Down are probably my top two there. All right. <laughs> yeah, I could get, I could get down with Caress Me Down. Yeah. <laughs> That's that loving sound. Bam, 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 bam. Maybe on another show. But on this show, we're going to jump to a band from Sweden. Oh, Sweden, yeah. Svenska. <laughs> this is a band, Kaftsmal. Uh, cool band. They've been around. They've had some really great tracks, and they put out uh, a newer one. It came out March of this year, so it's not terribly old, but it's also, uh, I don't know, like four and a half months, I guess. So it's not, it's not old by any means, and it's... Just not within a couple months old. So I threw it on this section. Kaufsmall sister. 
S-Y-S-T-E-R if you're checking. Uh, but if you find it on iTunes, they actually spell the S-I-S-T-E-R. So either way, you'll be able to find it. Uh, it's cool. They have a video just like the last track I was talking about, the last two tracks. Uh, seen the videos. So let's get into some, uh, hopefully I'm saying it right, Kafsmal. It's got the two dots above the A's in both of the A's, so both vowels in the, the name there. And I am not fluent in uh, uh, Swedish, so we're just going to get into it. Here we go, Kafsmal, and the track is Sister. Uggås i liten och smal Utåriktad med ton som ett skal Tyckte min syster var så Jävla fint Och jag stod där och så på Och folk kring sig gömde motto Med lappartid Blev till rutin Men min syster sköt heroin Hon trodde det skulle bli en Kort romans Men i detta äktenskap hade hon Small sister. Sometimes it's better to let the song talk for itself. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I know. Cool band. Uh, they have other music, so get out and check that out. That single's cool. Go check out the video. Let's just check out the band. Sweden puts out lots of great bands. 
One yeah. reason why I play a lot of bands from Sweden. The, when I do the Punkanoi Worldwide and do the Swedish bands this next time, it's probably going to be at least four episodes to get through all the bands that I've got on my list of Swedish bands to play. Yeah, at least. Not just refused. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So many great ones. Uh, so I'll be playing a shit ton when it comes to that, including this band, but something different than that track. So hopefully you like Sister. Uh, it's a single. Check it out. Came out March 26th. We're getting close to that, basically that midpoint of the show. We're going to talk about some touring bands, some concerts and shit. But before we do, let's play a track from Punk Rock Factory's new one, Masters of the Universe. And uh, they, they have a bunch of shows scheduled November, December in the UK. If you didn't listen on the last show, they're a band from the UK. And there's like 20-something, like 22 or something like that, tracks off of, uh, of Masters of the Universe. And they are all covers of basically Saturday morning cartoons. And Eric picked the Flintstones last week. This week, I'm picking Thundercats. This release came out July 30th. And we are going to be playing for a couple more episodes. Eric will be picking something for us on the next one. Oh, yeah. I already know which one, too. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, good. And this one is going to be Thundercats, which is track two. On It comes like right after the very beginning there. So, yeah, that's what happens when you track number two. Anyway, Punk Rock Factory. Here's Thundercats. <laughs> What'd you think of Thundercats? I think that is a great way to hear Thundercats. Oh, yeah. It's just so... It just has all the action from the show just lodged into that cover right there. Right? Some of these covers, maybe a lot of them, but at least some of them for sure, could definitely be substituted in like that uh, Kevin Smith reboot. I don't want to call it... What is it? New version of He-Man or whatever that's supposed to be on Netflix. I don't have Netflix anymore, but... Uh, I have no idea. It's either coming out or has come out or whatever. Uh, Something, you know, tracks like this should be coming out as the themes for some of those because you kind of pay homage to the original, but at the same time, you update it with something pretty dang awesome. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's good. Uh, Most of the time, we don't talk about those. (laughs) Right. So, good track. That, again, Punk Rock Factory, they're in the UK. Check out Masters of the Universe, and uh, if you don't, by next episode, well, we're going to play another one. So, Eric, 
Let's talk about uh, you know the fun part of the episode, the 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 shows, the yeah, yeah. the bands playing, the the shows we see, and the bands that are going to be coming through. Oh boy, this was a bit of a loaded weekend for me. <laughs> Indeed, it was. <laughs> yeah, I pl- ended up playing two shows. One was an all Asia show that was at Resolute Tattoo. Yes. Yeah, and we played with uh, Dysentery. That was my first time seeing them. So they can finally shut up about that. (laughs) They played two shows. I missed them every time. And not only was I there watching the show, I was up front. I was right on the edge of the stage. I'm like, there, you see me. I'm here. Okay. (laughs) They were were really good. About a 20-minute set. And a little... uh, uh, little Marcus making cutting his teeth as a vocalist. Oh, he is a he's a hell of a front man. Just awesome. this pint size little. He's a kid, you know, <laughs> and he's just so demanding. He's a yep. I see him becoming one of the greats in Salt Lake. Anyway, awesome. Yeah, dysentery. Yeah, fucking great band. Definitely on the grindy side, <laughs> in the bit of the crusty side as well. But they're yeah, they're fast. And the thing is funny, you got one, two, three kids, and then Mike Witt is on the drums. <laughs> just this <laughs> just this obvious veteran of a drummer. You know? And he's uh he's also in a few other bands, but the main one he is a part of is Believes in Ghosts. Cool. Where he does uh, guitar and vocals. So check out that band on the on a side note. And uh Oh man, it's losing <laughs> losing me. Yes, Goro. I was I was a fan of Goro when I saw them, and then they said that they were uh, on a pre a bit of an infinite hiatus at that point. They never outwardly said that they were broken up, but I had no idea if and when they would be coming back together. And they did last weekend. They are one of the uh, one of the grind greats of Salt Lake. They have a few albums out, and they are just so they're just so brutal, man. It's awesome. <laughs> With the name like Goro, you would you should be. Yeah, I mean Goro isn't that a? I know that's a villain of a video game. I just Mortal can't Kombat. remember which one. That's the one. I Mortal think it's Kombat. the one with all the arms. Yeah, that's who it is. That's Goro. <laughs> there was also a. Oh my god! There was also an arcade game. I think it was a uh, Mappy. It was uh, you played this little mouse. Right. That's a. Uh, yeah, that's going around uh, getting all the uh, cats, and I think one of the bosses is uh, is actually named Goro. Okay. Yeah, so I doubt that it's uh, named after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope it's the Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, that just it looks more brutal. Uh, let's see, then Gag Order, they came on, they killed it. I mean, uh, yeah, they kill it every time. <laughs> I really love... Yeah, Ronnie, she's been getting a lot... She's just getting better and better each time at her stage presence and just the and just the sheer ferocity of her vocals. And yet they even uh, stopped the set for a minute. It's like, come get me the cowbell. And then they did. Somebody delivered a cowbell and put it right on a, um, ah, I forget his name. I think it's Connor. Uh, whatever. <laughs> put it right on the top of his white, of his, uh. His ride symbol, so that way it's just like a ding ding ding, ding ding ding. It's just I need more cowbell. Yeah, you have no idea how many times they've they've heard that. So yeah, gag order. They kill it every time. We played with them a bunch back in the past, mostly at the Wild Pepper shows. I think the last time we played together was the last show that we played in uh in 2020. Okay. Yep. So. 
So yeah, really nice to come back to that. And also, yeah, we killed it. We had a fun time. <laughs> had to get our set down to uh, half an hour as opposed to the 35 uh, running time that we have. So we just had to cut one song. And, and that was okay. Um, yeah, and at one point, the pit was getting so intense, one kid blew out his knee. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, so I just handed the mic off to some rando in the crowd, just like, hey, say whatever you want, and went to check on the check out the kid. I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I just got to sit down for a while. <laughs> some <laughs> shit like that. So that was really cool. And, uh, and yeah. Played out the played out the rest of the set. Without a hitch. Those kids, man, they go so crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've been uh, I've been playing all ages show f- for years now, and uh, I've seen people come in and come out. And uh, now with all these uh, all ages shows coming back in the fold, I can recognize ninety percent of the people there. <laughs> there were just all these uh, yeah, all these kids coming in. New wave of uh, SLC punk. I'm like, okay, good. Fresh meat. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know what that implies, but trust me, don't, don't think of it that way. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just new people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're about No to, perv intended. Yeah, no perv intended. For the love of God, <laughs> no perv intended. It's, just, it's nice to have kids in the scene that are just excited. They're vibrant, and they are just like uh, got all this energy about them. You know, whereas you play bar shows, it's just maybe one, two... Sometimes three, if you're lucky, people moving. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, but we'll get to the we'll get to the bar show in a minute. The uh, yeah, Resolute show. It was a good one. It felt good to be playing at an all ages show again. That was our first time playing one this year. Awesome. So, well, really, since shows have been back in general. And uh, yeah, then we capped it off with another bar show <laughs> <laughs> the very next day. But the very next day, man, that day was loaded. Um. You want to take this one for a minute? <laughs> yes. Uh, first show over the Beehive. We had Violent Unrest, which were awesome as always. They were and, shooting a music video there too. Yes, they? they were. They said they were. They had a lot of cameras going, and I'm not exactly sure because I thought they were supposed to play a song twice. Maybe I missed it if they did. Did they play the song twice? I don't know. I missed the entirety of their set, unfortunately. Okay. But what I'm assuming is like they just uh, got a bunch of footage of them performing and then they're going to have it all spliced together to go in accordance with the song. Right. That's how uh, Problem Problem Daughter did their music video for uh, Dracula on a budget. Okay. So, So, yeah, you can... As for me, I can tell when they were playing the actual song as opposed to when they were playing another song, but they just kept it for the footage. But I've got you. But yeah, as as for others who are just like uh, casual fans or just getting introduced to the band, it w- it worked. It did its job. Perfect. So that's what I'm assuming Violent Unrest was doing. I don't know what else is going to go into the video. Well, we had them and they were awesome. We talked about them and just had them on the show back in April, some... Not too long ago. Yeah. And then first time seeing Milk Money. It sounded like that was one of their first shows, right? I think they'd only played a handful of shows before that. Yeah, only, yeah only a couple. I know I know my friend had seen them once before. I, I can't remember where. But yeah, they are a relatively new band. Cool. And with some not so relatively new members. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's first time for me seeing them. And then the band that we all show up to see because we want to support the touring bands along with our local bands, but it's uh, Project Sellout, 
people we've had on the show and played numerous times. Uh, they were awesome. The, you can tell the crowd loved them. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the Beehive, uh, people crawling up the pillars and you know, kind of falling off, falling yeah. off intentionally, but falling off pillars. Yep, that's pillar crazy, diving. Yes, <laughs> that's how crazy it got. So. That's how you stage dive at a floor show, <laughs> right? And out of curiosity, I mean, why why at the Beehive on the floor, and not the stage? Sometimes because I get that kind of occupies some of the area, but. With as many people, I mean, they were borderline at that show where, you know, a little more space could have been used, I suppose. Well, it's because, uh, well, yeah, the fact that uh, it crunches more people in. Sure. And it, but also it's uh, developing the community standards. It's like, we're not on the stage, we're on the floor with you. But that also implies we want to make sure that people are having fun. So it's easier when we're on the same level and just able to kind of push around as well. I think that a lot of vocalists for sure like to be in the mix, especially at the shows that are there. But occasionally, especially when you get a band like PSO and the pit is like right on top of the band just about... That when, you know, the pit kind of moves in waves, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. that wave goes right into the drummer, or the drum kit, rather. And And it did. Yes. (laughs) And so that's one reason why I ask. One is that, and the other is it was getting, you know, it was probably getting close to that point where you get too many more people in there, and it would have just been, you'd have been in the back of the room, and you wouldn't see anybody. You could hear the music, but you wouldn't see anything because you'd be so far into the back of the room. Yeah. As opposed to elevate it a little bit and then you can at least see the band perform too well it's a it's a way of getting that uh energy in there because you look at a band like pso yeah they are a skate punk band by definition because they are rabid skateboarders they even have songs about skateboarding but they don't sound like a pennywise or lag wagon or anything like that no they're close they more closely resemble a sound like like minor threat or Even the Circle Jerks. They covered the Circle Jerks. <laughs> they yeah. covered World Up My Ass. And they covered Right Brigade by the Bad Brains. Gotta throw that in there. Perfect covers, by the way. <laughs> anyway, they did... <laughs> yeah, it's that style of 80s hardcore back in the day. Something like a, a JFA is probably the best example I can give. They were definitely a hardcore style band back in the day. But they were definitely also... They coined the term skate punk, pretty much. <laughs> So bands like that, they had the they had that same style, and that's the style that PSO has, and and yeah. So when you're talking about the old '80s hardcore, yeah, most of the time you are playing floor shows, you are playing basement shows. Ever so rarely you're up on a stage, and if you're on a stage, it's maybe a foot and a half off the ground. Right. So that was uh, so that is one of the things I think they're doing. I think that's an ideal stage to be just a, a little bit off the ground. That way. People can see you perform because when you, if you're at a crowded show, then you don't see anything if you're in the back. You just, you get to hear the music, but you're you're at that point where you're just seeing the backs of people's heads Mm -hmm. because everybody's so low. Well, all the more reason to push yourself to the front. (laughs) Well, it's bringing that energy (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Indeed. And uh, I, I thought it was great. Mandalore also played and then. Uh, off to the next show, PSO yeah, played I two shows. <laughs> PSO played two shows that night. The second show being your second show of the weekend. Yes, it yes it was. The uh, 
Yeah, as soon as uh, Project Sailout ended, I looked at my phone. I realized I had about five different missed calls from two different people. And I had a couple of messages. And as soon as I stepped out, <laughs> I was like, okay, what's going on? Well, it looks like you guys are going on earlier than expected. Because we were playing first at the show down the street, which was at Ace's High Saloon. And I get, wait a minute, it's 9.10. I was told that we were going on at 9.45. So I'm assuming sound check isn't happening until, you know, 9.20 or 9.30. And they're saying, no, apparently you're going on at 9. <laughs> what? Who the fuck? Okay. And Conrad, the singer of Mandalore, and also the one who uh, put on both of these shows, at the, at the show at the Beehive, he was laying into me and constantly repeating, 9.45, 9.45, 9.45, be sure that you're on at 9.45, you end at 9.15, because <laughs> I need to make sure PSO has enough time to get their stuff over there, and so they can set up and play their set. I go, I know, I know, 9.45, and then I hear... I just hear that there was a uh, communication error. <laughs> uh, so whatever, I get there. I do. I white knuckle drive my ass there, <laughs> and I get get up on the stage. I do the mic check. I go, okay, are, are we playing now or some shit? No. Okay. <laughs> then I was talking to everyone. No one really had an idea of when we were supposed to play. <laughs> so I go, okay, fuck it. We're waiting around. We're gonna wait for some people to come to the be come from the beehive to here, and we'll start at 9:45, whatever. And that's what we did. Unfortunately, not even half the people from the beehive showed up. Partly because most of them were underage, you know, couldn't get into the bar show, but also because they were uh, taking their sweet ass time getting <laughs> watching Mandalore and watch them finishing their shit, their set, loading up the gear, and then having to get down to the. <laughs> to the show and by the time that they got down to our the show that we were performing at it was over (laughs) (laughs) or rather our set was over some people were coming up like hey man when are you going on we just went on we just finished you missed it oh fuck yeah so so that part of it kind of sucked but on the plus side we pushed a lot of merch we got a lot of it out and uh, one guy accidentally paid us $77 for uh, one cassette tape when he meant to pay us seven. That's awesome. Yeah, don't worry, we didn't rip him off. We gave it, gave it back to him. <laughs> yeah, we made, a, we made a pretty penny on that. So, yeah, again, we still got some. We still got some cassettes. We need to remake some buttons, and we got some shirts underway. We will be making shirts and maybe some hoodies because it's getting close to that season. Which is good, by the way, because this summer is so unbearably fucking hot. It's 900 degrees in total. And I'm losing the plot here. Yes, then Project Sellout came down to the bar. They killed it once again. Played a slightly different set list than what they did at the Beehive. But I got to hear two of my favorites. Which was uh, To Whom It May Concern. Which is the one I played last week. And then I got to hear uh, Skate Slam Jam. (laughs) Or the... uh, where it's just like, don't forget your roots, don't forget your friends, don't forget your board, stay young till the end. <laughs> I was getting so much mic time at that at that set. So yeah, PSO, they I've seen them a dozen times. I'm gonna see them a dozen more times. Most of the times I've seen them on the floor. They've played floor shows quite a bit, and those are the most fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, and. Uh, and yeah, Project Sellout, first time I saw them was way back in 2014 at a Provo show. <laughs> and 
Wouldn't you know it? They played in Provo this weekend as well, this last weekend as well. <laughs> they played awesome. on Friday with a uh, public disorder, backhand, and also Mandalore. It's <laughs> awesome. So kind of funny. Mandalore was doubled up on shows. I was doubled up on shows. Project Sellout was tripled up on shows in the Utah State. But Utah is a bit of a home front for those guys. They love coming here. They love the people. We love them. We want them to keep coming back. So we're gonna treat them like family as. We should every other band that respects us and loves us. Yeah, give right. or take. And finally, Power Beer closed out the set. And I got to say something pretty funny. Uh, their bassist, Preston, he was, I ran into him at the, uh, in the line for the, uh, for the pisser, and I could tell he was pissed off about something. <laughs> and he, I was like, are you good, man? And he's like, who, at, who said it was okay to use my bass cab? And he's talking about Project Sellout. They needed to borrow a bass rig for the show. And it was like, um, well, they used our head, but I don't think they used our cab. So they probably used yours. <laughs> and they're like, nobody asked me permission to use it. Well, okay, that's not my fucking problem, dude. But he's like, I'm pretty sure it blew out. Oh, that really sucks. <laughs> Uh, long story short, it didn't. Oh, good. <laughs> so he was just being a total diva about <laughs> it. Um, uh, don't mean to talk shit, but it was just pretty funny. Because after the set, he was like, so yeah, I guess it didn't blow out. I'm like, I know, I can tell. <laughs> uh, besides that, Power Beer, yeah, they killed it. They, were, they are definitely like a... Uh, Token bar band it is in their name, you know, <laughs> right. Power Beer. And, and yeah, it was a little weird for not exactly us, but for Tyler in particular to be there because, yeah, he's got a bit of a weird history with the guys from Power Beer. And it's not in my spot to say what exactly happened, mostly because I don't remember the story, but also <laughs> out of respect for him, that's his story, not mine. And yeah, he's still got the tattoo. He's got Power Beer tattooed on his wrist. But he was their original vocalist. Now they have a new one. And uh, his name is Chaos. And he's really good. Cool. <laughs> yep. Got a lot of uh, good uh, beer drinking street punk coming out of that band. So, so yeah, check those guys out as well. There's a lot of good music to be heard in this city. Both, both coming through and just uh, really unique to this little spot. So, yeah, that was the... Uh, that was the sandwich, the king-size sandwich of shows <laughs> that happened this weekend and the, all the stuff that we had to say about it. So, anything else you want to add? I, I'm just going to add, if Zach is out there listening, because he gave me shit, because when we did the interview back in February, that I hadn't ordered, pre-ordered, like Eric had already pre-ordered the album, and I ordered it the next day, and it... they came here and played, and I bought a record there, even though I knew mine had shipped, <laughs> this past week and so this is what i got right oh yeah you got the peppermint one <laughs> so that's what i got at the show it's the clear vinyl with the red splatter awesome and then the next day i think on sunday surprisingly it is when mine got delivered maybe it was monday but it was sunday the one that i originally ordered so now i got two copies of sold out and one being the the clear vinyl with the red splatter, and this one being the kind of the clearish or see through green with yellow. I assume it looks like it's supposed to be yellow splatter. It's uh, it was pressed in Oz, 
We'll say that. There you go. It looks just like it was. Cu- it came from the Emerald City. Right. <laughs> so yeah, emerald green. So uh, I'm glad that two different colors. I have two copies of that album, but they're two different colors. Uh, so cool there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's and- kind of a funny flex. So it's like, Zach... Yep, you bitched to me about not having pre-ordered a vinyl, and now, motherfucker, I have two. Yes. <laughs> How many people have both colors, Zach? How many? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe someone in their hometown. <laughs> uh, I'm but, sure there's plenty. But yeah, the cool thing, also, the, the lyric book that you're holding, right. it looks like a comic book. Yes, it does. Yeah. And I've got two copies of that now, too. Yeah, you have a <laughs> look at it this way. You have one that can be uh, vacuum sealed, kept as a collector's item, and then the one that you actually listen to. Absolutely. <laughs> now you just got to decide which one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the last thing I'll say about the shows is the band killed it. They are amazing to watch. Everybody in the band is great, and you know, just what I want to note: David, he was awesome, man, mm-hmm. uh, on bass. Because a lot of bass players are just, you know, just kind of flicking the bass, you know, just playing along, not a lot going, but you watch David and he is so into it, mm-hmm. so animated, and the bass just sounds awesome. So well, uh, he's an animated individual as he as he is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Indeed. you heard the interview. <laughs> yeah, I watched the interview. Not everybody got to watch the interview like we did and uh for sure, but uh Everybody in the band, great. Glad they came through. Looking forward to the next time that they do come through. And great shows this past weekend. One show I want to mention before we get moved on is just there's one coming up in Garden Grove, California on August 13th. If you're in that area, it is called the first annual Summer Sizzler, Friday the 13th at the Garden Amp. And Bite Me Bambi, we've played them. They're doing a record release at that show. They're the headliner. There's the triumphant return of the Scholars who were doing a record release, Scott Klopstein, and a very special performance by the Littlest Man Band, the Ruffalos, the Stepdaughters, uh, featuring DJ selectors from, looks like, San Diego City Soul Club, Punk Rock Saves Lives, Mm, what is this one? I can't tell, the font's weird, but... Looks like a bunch of cool stuff to go check out. $15 in advance, $20 at the door if you're in Garden Grove, California. So yeah, uh, go check out the show. There's shows happening even in California. They want you to wear a mask if you go. But uh, if you do go, go enjoy it. Also, there is an upcoming show here on the 7th. And that is a... It's going to be a... Oh, what the fuck do you call it? A benefit show. <laughs> okay. God. A benefit show for uh, um, where all 100% of sales donated help uh, one Denton Pace to fight cancer. Awesome. Yep. And, yeah, this is including Believes in Ghosts, Fight the Future, Stone Slammer, Dumb, and plus one more to be announced. So, uh, so yeah, just uh, keep on that Facebook page. It's... Uh, Got a flyer on here that says, let's all go to the punk show to help our buddy Debo. Cool. Yep. Just these little uh, these little cartoon, these caricatures of one uh, spiked baseball bat, a Molotov cocktail, and what I'm assuming is the uh, pink ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Show up to that one. It's going to be a fun show, and it's, and it's for a very good cause. You know, 
I've been in I've been in that position. I loved right. every single dollar that was sent to me in hopes that it helped my medical bills, which it did. Awesome motherfucker, and it's still helping me now. Good. So, so yeah, just uh, yeah, give back what you receive. I'm gonna go. Awesome. <laughs> also, because I need to see Fight the Future at least once in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and not them playing a cover set. <laughs> right. Well, good stuff. Go check out the shows. If there's shows in your area you want us to talk about, fuck, let us know. We want to talk about them. Next, let's do some great cover-to-cover albums. We talked a lot. This is uh, the talking part of the show, I guess. Uh-huh. Let's do some uh, more music-playing part of the show. So, <laughs> yeah. What do you got for a great cover-to-cover album? Well, a great cover-to-cover album. I had one from this band sometime last year, but that was when I was out of commission. Talking about little medical troubles. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that band was Napalm Death. The album was Scum. I had a few songs chosen off of that one, and yeah, it's a great album. It is the one that uh, paved the way and set the tr- set the foundry for grindcore as we know it to this day. And Napalm Death, they are still going strong. They have goddamn c- uh, countless albums, pretty much. And but their albums almost reaches the amount of members they've had in their band. <laughs> they've had so many, and none of them, none of the current lineup are original members. They are just the longest of standing. Right. I think I read today, because when did they start? They started as a band in 81. Mm-hmm. Their last, they, they haven't had an original member in the band since like 1986. Pretty much. <laughs> even the and even the recording of that album Scum, half of it was recorded with a completely different lineup, save for the drummer Mitch Harris who stuck around. <laughs> but, but yeah, the first half was recorded as a trio with uh, Nick Napalm as the vocalist. Then the other half was recorded with Lee Dorian on vocals. So yeah, you're hearing two different lineups on one 28 song album, which is barely just over a half hour long, by the way. <laughs> So that's what they were talking about. Uh, yeah, but Napalm Death want, went on. Lee Dorian stayed with them for their next uh, for their next album, From Enslavement to Obliteration, until uh, Barney Greenway came in during Harmony Corruption, and he's been their singer ever since. Cool. <laughs> yep. So yeah, he he saw them out of the '80s and into the '90s, pretty much, and. Yeah, the albums after that saw them going into a bit more death metal territory and even some groove metal. They were having a real experimental period throughout the 90s. It was really, really kind of (laughs) weird. They lost some fans, gained some fans. It was just a strange time for them. And yeah, with the lineup changes, so many lineup changes, they (laughs) couldn't really... uh, Yeah, you could sense the uh, disfigurement in there. Until... They came into the 21st century. Into 2000, they had an album that was the revitalizing point to their roots. And it's, to me, the the paradigm of what a grindcore album should be. It is Enemy of the Music Business. Holy hell, this album is a ripper. It's a great name. Yeah, this was... Uh, this was Napalm Death reincarnated. They rose like a phoenix out of the ashes that was the 90s. Because... Yeah, like I said, it was weird, but now they found their roots again with the lineup that they currently have. This is the lineup that's been the same since, I think, 98. Yeah, don't quote me on that. I get I get lost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so many goddamn members, like I said. But yeah, this one was their, uh, this one was their return to form and grindcore as it should be. And yeah, 
The whole album just has a bunch of, you can hear the little death metal parts, you hear the little groove metal parts, but it's coming out of their own filter, which is all that grind. They got short songs, they got some longer songs, which is going against the uh, rules of grindcore, kind of, but (laughs) whatever, they made the rules, so they can change them when they want. Oh uh, yeah, but the so yeah, one of uh, one of my favorite songs that houses a lot of the groove and kind of a kind of thrashy downstroke stuff is uh, "Necessary Evil." Oh man, that thing is just kind of a it's just a brutal song, and the lyrics are brutal as well. And yeah, Barney is on top of his game with his goddamn lyrics and his voice. Just a just a great song. If you don't believe me, let's listen to it. Necessary Evil. <laughs> some of that uh that kind of uh that combination of death and groove going into that one so yeah when you think grindcore you don't really think of one like that but 
like I said, they were changing the game within their own confines. Right. So, so yeah, and there's plenty of other songs on there like that. Uh, the next one, however, gets a bit more on the thrashy side and a little bit more on the slower side as well. So, so yeah, it does have its fast parts, but this one is, uh, it, I feel, one of their more atmospheric ones. This is Incinerator. <laughs> yeah, the Incinerator. This thing's going to set you on fire. So let's go ahead and get that over with. Slow burn? Not really. <laughs> Make way for the incinerator! The truth they were dressed with a butt with breast The fate of our semen, the government's a demon They left us bleeding good sword In the hands of the incinerator in the Bible we look, our city's all cooked The mutant lights you watch and the dirt The wind ripped the door with the wrath of the incinerator Incinerator, one for a feast Incinerator, when you expected me Incinerator, didn't look at the past Incinerator, did you get what we got? Another bone's cast from the stage of the past we're all melting in our own garden and sin And through this kind of gold cup Incinerator! Incinerator! One for a feast Incinerator! When you expected me Incinerator! Take a look at the past Incinerator! Did you get what we got? So yeah, there. 
There it is. Napalm Death's uh, return to form into the uh, 21st century. And, yep, they have achieved, uh, I guess we can call it legend status at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, they've been releasing an album or two <laughs> every year. Not really. They've been releasing an album every couple of years. And, uh, you know, right up until... Uh, yeah, right up into uh, Easy Meat, the Apex Predator, which came out in, uh, what was it, 2017? I think it was that. 2017 or 2018. Let me see. Their discography is pulled up on my phone. Let well, me see where it went. Though they haven't been the same members since 1981, the band has been around uh, in whatever form for 40 years now, so congratulations oh, to that band. Yeah? Happy birthday. <laughs> 2015, that's when it came out. And even to right up until last year, the uh, acclaimed Throws of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism. Also a really good album from them. And some people even uh, bolstered it as one of their albums of the year. Awesome. <laughs> yep, Napalm Death, right up at metal albums anyway. Up there with uh, Ulcerate and the uh, that really uh, surprise release from Gate Creeper. Yeah, which were all good releases in their own. Right. Yeah, and so was... Uh, yeah, Napalm Death, they've been on top of their game for the better part of uh, two decades now. So many people love them, and so many people should, because they got so many songs. <laughs> so yeah, there it is. Uh, Enemy of the Music Business, great Napalm Death record. Definitely up in my uh, top three for uh, Grindcore Records. And and yeah, they even covered Nazi Punk's Fuck Off in this one. <laughs> yes, they did. Come on. How can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I got to say about that. Dustin, what have you got for us? I picked Culture Shock. I came across this like, a, I don't know, three weeks ago, something like that, and just was blown away. Like, shit, I missed this. <laughs> came out February 19th of this year, and I just thought it was really cool. Uh, Dick Lucas did a great job. I liked the, the newest Subhumans record. And Split, I think they did a, a Split, single track Split. Uh so with the restarts, maybe I forget. Anyway, like a I year think or so it was ago, the restarts. I think see. so too. Uh, and that was a good release. Uh, great stuff here. I like Culture Shock. They were active as a band, eighty six, eighty nine. Couple of the band members had young families, so they were going to go do their family thing, and then one of those guys died uh, like four years after that, which sucks. But when the band broke up or kind of put themselves on hold or whatever it was in 89, the band Culture Shock anyway, that's when Dick Lucas and member of the band at the time, Jasper, they moved on to form Citizen Fish. If you're familiar with Dick Lucas's bands, Subhumans, Citizen Fish, and this one being Culture Shock. Uh, they've been active as a band since they weren't active as a band. 86 to 89. Now they're active again. 2012 to present. Obviously active as of this year. They put out a new album, and that album is called Mandemic. Let's get into some Mandemic. Uh, a couple of the tracks I picked that I really like that really stood out to me. First of which is Penny for the Guy. Uh, the lyrics are great, and I just like the sound. Uh, it's just cool stuff. I like Culture Shock. I don't know if you're a fan of Culture Shock, but I guess we'll see what you think. If you haven't heard anything from this Culture Shock album. I have not. And yes, it was the restarts. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it was like 99% something and 1% something, I forget, off offhand, uh, were the track titles, which was pretty cool concept there. Yep. That was the... Uh, 
Yeah, it came about, yeah, the 1% and then the 99%. Yes. <laughs> Back in uh, 2019. That's yep. when it came out. So, yeah, enough subhumans. What is culture shock? Well, let's listen to the first track I got for you, Penny for the Guy. I need more cowbell! <laughs> They said a man round took away his living space It's a total disgrace to be going through hordes of waste of more than you could ever afford to have Someone's having a laugh at the expense of living on the edge of the map He's going downtown, it's like a fairground I put your hat down, flat rate, penny for the guy You'll never need again They had a slim down They had a whip round I put your hat down Flat rate Penny for the guy And if you ever wanna Tell me something I've never known before Or show me a better place to go I'll swap this nest for Say goodbye from me. So what do you think of the first one? Well, you said Citizen Fish a little bit. And yeah, it does have that little <laughs> ska implemented in there. <laughs> right. And yeah, Citizen Fish, they are also a good band. They are. Yeah. I like the stuff that Dick Lucas does. A lot of things just, you know, regardless of what your beliefs are on shit out there, it's stuff that'll make you think and stuff that should make you think. Mm-hmm. That is true. Also something interesting, uh, kind of uh, reeling back to the subject of Splits. The subhumans did the restart. Citizen Fish did a split with uh, leftover crack. Oh, nice. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. You know, all these anarcho punks uh, standing together. Anyway, that was the uh, deadline one. I believe that came out in uh, uh, 07. That's what it did. 07. Also, a good split between uh, those two bands. And uh, yeah, that's a bit off subject, but Dick Lucas was a part of it. Right? So we're keeping it <laughs> we're keeping it surrounded by him. Well, back to this. Let's play one more track. We gotta wrap up the show. We did a lot of talking. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope y'all enjoyed all the, the subjects we talking about. But let's play one more track. War is peace. 
is the track. Last one we're going to play here from Culture Shock off of Mandemic. So we'll see what you think of War is Peace. I gotta say, yeah, no matter what my views are, but those are my views. One <laughs> percent telling us what we need. No. They're not a myth. No. Right? <laughs> that is not what we need. And I'll tell you what we don't need. We don't need you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I I uh really enjoyed listening to the sounds of the band. I like the band Culture Shock, but uh really just listen to the lyrics, all the tracks, and uh, talk about a lot of good stuff. So get out there, check out Culture Shock. I think it was a really good album. Again, it came out early this year. It's probably going to be on some people's top top lists for uh, 2021. Maybe. It was a good one, <laughs> especially for the first half of the year. Uh, good stuff. So get out there, check it out. Eric, we got a couple. looks like we're both playing some metal tracks uh, again. Yeah. So let's wrap up the show with some metal. This was the one you would Originally intended for last week, had to make a last minute adjustment due to mm. unfortunate circumstances. Yes. So this week, uh, you're playing it now. Why? Why? Well, 
Last week, it was the 40th anniversary of its release. It came out July 26th of 1984, and I was uh, intention. My intention was to celebrate it by playing it on the show. However, death of Joey Jordison had to play Slipknot because, well, I refer you to the last episode because right. I went on a bit of a rant there. <laughs> a bit <laughs> and this one i will try to keep as belated as possible but uh yeah as i as i did say on the last episode i played one of my favorites from the band acdc who at the who at the time were my favorite band this is around my 11 12 year old phase and then by the time i was getting into 13 14 i was discovering heavier music and one of which actually was slipknot so this is, <laughs> there is a bit of a correlation here, but I was going backward a little bit. I was uh, discovering some of the older bands, like I listened to Black Sabbath. That was a, that was a heavy hitter for me, and then I went forward a little bit and did a Motorhead, and then I discovered this one band that seems, that seems to me everybody knows about them. They are like the Beatles of metal. <laughs> <laughs> So much so they even have metal in their name. They are Metallica. The <laughs> Metal Licker. <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> yeah, Metallica. God damn it. Who does not know Metallica? Everyone knows them. And not everyone loves them. <laughs> quite a, there's quite a bit of a split between their fans. They, they got the fans that are the elitists. Everything before the Black Album was good. And then you have the... Uh, OGs who say that everything before Ride the Lightning was good, <laughs> and then you got the uh, then you got the newbies like me said, oh yeah, they were good up until the Black Album. Then shit got weird, and then you got the ones that are like, you know what, every album is fine, just uh, <laughs> just had context. Uh, but for me, my favorite album, which uh, as I said, just turned uh, forty last week, is Ride the Lightning. I. Love this one for a couple of reasons. If you know Metallica's history, you know that they originally had uh, the current guitarist and vocalist of Megadeth, one Dave Mustaine, as their guitarist, their lead guitarist. And they kicked him out because he was being a boisterous drunk and just making life difficult for all of them. And they kicked him out before they went in to uh, record Kill Em All. So uh, they brought in Kirk Hammett. He just played the riffs that were already written and added a few things on top of it. But then when Ride the Lightning came around, there were still some mis recycled Mustaine riffs. And then Kirk had a bit more of an opportunity to branch out. Get some more uh, melodies in there, put a lot more technical proficiency, and really just uh, in turn spread the wings of the band themselves. Because you listen to Kill 'Em All, you listen to Ride the Lightning, and then Master of Puppets afterward, they are sparsely different albums. <laughs> you know, even not just in length, but in just uh, technicality. I mean, no one was really doing riffs like that opening of Master of Puppets. That thing is just so, it's going up chromatically <laughs> on these weird scales. They knew what they were doing. Um, but Ride the Lightning, I loved that one because it's that nice little in-between record. It was technical enough. It was uh, street thrash enough. Had a little bit of Mustaine, a little bit of Hammett, all kind of uh, correlating together. It was kind of like if they were in the band together and they are building off of each other's strengths. And I loved that about this album. It is a solid eight-track record for me. Had some really good... It has the songs that everybody knows, you know, For Whom the Bell Tolls and uh, Creeping Death. It has some of the 
more underrated cuts, Escape and Trapped Under Ice, as the instrumental epic Call of Cthulhu, and then that blistering opener, Fight Fire with Fire. And it even has, has that little, uh, <laughs> has that false sense of security with the little acoustic intro, and then all of a sudden it just slams, and then that whole thing. <laughs> but my favorite lies with the title track. That title track, and that is my all-time favorite Metallica song ever. I am putting that out on the line right now. So <laughs> there's going to be no contest. No one's figured out my favorite ACDC song. No one's even tried. No one even cares. <laughs> anyway, the, so, so yeah, Metallica's Ride the Lightning is my favorite one. Just that slamming opening, those little uh, chaotic guitars. Uh, guitar melodies, and then that riff. It's just a groovy, headbangable riff. It was something Dave Mustaine wrote, and then that blistering solo that's uh, the guitar is working off of each other. Man, it's a it's a bruiser. It feels like you are getting electrified at its six and a half minute runtime. I'm going to shut up so we can listen to it. This is Ride the Lightning, Metallica's greatest song, in my opinion. But <laughs> it's you may see why.
was all six minutes and 37 <laughs> seconds of it. Yeah, thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, there it is. That's my favorite Metallica album and my favorite Metallica song, which shares the name of that album. And... Yeah, like I said, just a it's a it's a full package. Got a lot of uh, weird stuff. It's even got their first ballad on it, and that was the thing that made a that was the first thing that split Metallica fans down the middle. <laughs> it was like they wrote a ballad that's so gay, man. That's gay, yeah. <laughs> you know how they were back in the day. Yeah, and then they wrote "Nothing Else Matters." I'm like, no, that's a terrible ballad. <laughs> but I'm not gonna get into that. What I'm gonna get into is like a. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, which I doubt you have, I doubt you haven't. Um, just to pass pass it along. That is, uh, that was like uh, for me the pinnacle of Metallica as far as uh, personal taste goes. And no dissuasion to uh, Master of Puppets or Injustice for All or, uh, uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> They're kill them all pretty much. Those first five albums, in my opinion, are really solid and. Yep, Ride the Lightning is just my favorite. So so there you go. That's all I got to say about that. I got through my Beavis and Butthead bands. There you go. <laughs> yeah, today was Beavis. <laughs> all right, well, we were long-winded on this show, so I'm going to quickly get into my track. Haymaker from uh, Queen City in North Carolina, which is Charlotte, in case you didn't know. Uh, I'm going to play a bunch of bands that have been shared with us from Curtain Call Records, that I've enjoyed. Uh, most of them are metal or hard rock bands, this one being more of a metal band. Uh, Haymaker, cool band. Hadn't heard them. Different Haymaker that I'm a big fan of uh, out of the Czech Republic. Plays a different style of music than this Haymaker. But Haymaker put out To Hell and Back back on June 18th of this year. So newer track, uh, newer album. And I'm going to play the title track. So here we go. Let's get into it. Haymaker, To Hell and Back.
Because it came out in June. <laughs> it's some new school metalcore. Yes. That's what I refer to it as. And yeah, stuff that's uh, further down towards my alley. Yes. Not quite, though, not quite too up my alley, I will say. Yeah. Is this style of metalcore? Yeah, it's uh, the polished stuff. I could get behind it every now and again, but. Uh, but yeah, there's only so much uh, chug fest I can take at one time. So, <laughs> so it's adjacent. This alley is adjacent to your alley. Yep, it's adjacent to my alley. It's like a, it's across the street. There you go. <laughs> Same block and everything, but uh, uh, but yeah, I'm more assuaged towards the the rougher, gruffer, grimier <laughs> style of metalcore. And the, every once in a while, I'll go across the street and just uh, hang out with the bands over there. You know, it's some, <laughs> there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff to be heard. And, and yeah, while it's uh, not exactly my, uh, you know, this ain't exactly my boat <laughs> that I like to hang out on. Yeah, this is some, this is some good stuff. It's definitely got an audience out there. So if you uh, like that style of uh, metalcore, then, Boom. Haymaker NC HC? <laughs> yes. NC MC. Indeed. Actually, we can't even do MC because the rappers ruined that. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, to hell and back. 
Yeah, even Terror has a song called To Hell and Back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk shit. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm poking fun. <laughs> well, it's good stuff. Uh, Curtain Call Records putting out some good stuff that I do enjoy. So get out there and check out uh, the new stuff on Curtain Call Records. That was Haymaker, To Hell and Back. Show's over. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Music, Amazon, Music Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. And you can find the bands on Instagram at Idols Band, at Shamrocks Band, at TB Vultures, at Calf's Mall Official, at Punk Rock Factory, at The Official Napalm Death, at Dick Lucas Art, at NC Haymaker. At SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric. It's fuck SLC. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore the fuck. That was not a part of it. <laughs> it. Scaryuncle underscore Eric SLC. <laughs> Maybe there is an underscore somewhere in there, but you look up scaryuncle. <laughs> I've said too much already. <laughs> <laughs> Just find an excuse to talk more. Uh, my band is on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. We are on Facebook at anonymous band SLC. Our Bandcamp at anonymous slc.bandcamp.com. I am also on the Wrecked Podcast at Wrecked Podcast. That is the Instagram. And I'm also featured in another episode of Assault City with Des Troy. Awesome. You can find that at Assault City CP. And yeah, we have an announcement on that uh, on that episode, so I'm gonna let that episode do the talking. And when it's officially announced, I will announce it on here. Awesome. If you, if you need to hear more of me, <sighs> I'm eating my own <laughs> fucking words here. <laughs> that's uh, uh, yeah, that's it right now. Also, also project sellout that uh, the photo that is on the back of that LP. If you have it, my best friend Landon Hale took that photo and he also took a few more photos that became album covers of of project sellout as well as uh one mandalore and if what i'm getting at is if you want your band photos taken by him he is the real deal he does it cheap he does it professionally you would think it came from the you would think it came from revolver magazine that's how good he is awesome so yes at landon hale that's his instagram plug time over I can find all the bands on Facebook at Idols Band, at Shamrocks Band, at TB Vultures, at Bar Flugen, and that is Kaft's Mall, at Punk Rock Factory, at Official Napalm Death, at Haymaker NC this time, and the shows at SLC Punkcast. That is it. That is all she wrote. Eric, any final thoughts before we end it? Oh, God, don't tempt me. <laughs> all right. Uh, really, just uh, you have one mouth and two ears, so that means you uh, listen twice as much as you should speak. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Play the fucking outro. Outro.